quick hitter question cash yes. or credit oh um if you are uh, have mastered managing your money credit all day all day i i purchase everything on my credit cards everything I only, the only thing I use what I, my debit card, um, which I, I, so let me step back. I don't use cash at all unless something requires cash only. Um, debit card I used to use often until I learned the power of credit. I only use my debit card, the number of transactions the bank tells me to, I think mine is four. So four times I may do something with that, but everything is credit, every, 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 everything. But I also am a master of managing my money, right? So I pay my credit cards completely off. So I'm, I'm, I'm using my credit card for what I'm able to pay off in its entirety. So I do that by way of budgeting. So it ties back to what I said. I know exactly how much I'm spending on groceries, how much for gas, how much for washing my car, whatever it is that I'm using my credit card for. I know that I'm have enough to pay it. So when I get that bill, I'm paying, you know, I can pay the entire amount off, but I, I use credit card for everything. But let me again say, that comes with mastering the fundamentals that I told you about earlier allows you to do that from a credit perspective. You are now tuned in to the St. Clair Speak Show. Guys, it's your hobby, David. St. Clair Speaks. You are now tuned in to the St. Clair Speak Show. You are now tuned in to the St. Clair Speak Show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the St. Clair Speak Show podcast. I'm your host, Yahavi St. Clair. Guys, I am super excited about this episode. This guest, really influential dominating the space and financial literacy. I'm sitting down with Katrina Dixon, financial educator, coach, international best-selling author, financial expert, CEO of It's My Money. Ooh, guys, I was talking to Katrina a little prior to this episode um, before recording. And a couple of things that we were talking about was, uh, you know, the importance of financial literacy, but I want to throw her off with a couple of quick hitter questions. So through this episode, you guys are gonna hear a lot of really juicy questions to get some really resourceful information. And there's never been a time right now to hear voices like Petrina. For those of you that don't know, Petrina has been featured in the Black Enterprise and Yahoo Finance and Real Simple. She's also been featured on Local Fox 61 several times. She's a financial influencer and Experian, and she's also the host and executive producer of her own local TV show called It's My Money, which is dedicated to the youth. And for those of you that don't know, the youth, of course, is the future of tomorrow. So, Petrina, I want to welcome you on to the St. Clair Speak Show podcast. Please give our audience a three to five minute introduction, much longer than my introduction, and tell them what brings you on to the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. And I love your energy. Oh my goodness. Love it. So as he said, my name is Petrina Dixon. I love talking about personal finance. My story of personal finance is I didn't have information regarding personal finance. So when I got my money right, I wanted to teach everybody how to do it. So I do that via many different channels. I do that through working with individuals, coaching via workshops, and I have courses. And then for those that are unable to work with me from an investment perspective, I, I am also a podcast host and I have a financial blog. So that way people can get information that they need and do it themselves. So I have traveled across the world as far as Trinidad and Tobago, and then here in the US from Massachusetts to Atlanta, teaching people how to manage money. So a lot of people want to learn how to make more money. And I want to 
ensure that they know once they make it, they need to know how to keep it and make it grow for them. So that's why the fundamentals of personal finance is very important, like creating and maintaining a budget, learning how to make your money work for you and saving it and knowing where to save it as well as using credit responsibly. Credit can be powerful if you know how to use it responsibly. So that's who I am. In addition to that, I am a wife and a mom. And I've been adding now to my interviews, I love faux frogs. So frogs, I have frogs all over my home office here, outside of my yard, down in my chill room. So yeah, they, they bring me joy, they make me smile, and I love to smile. What's going on, guys? It's Yahavi David, St. Clair Speaks, and you are now tuned in to the St. Clair Speak Show. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast on platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything that you need in a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app and start your journey today. It's that time. Uh, man, you you do have quite the smile too. I've uh, you just have this glow, and uh, I'm again, I'm so happy to have uh, this time with you today. I want to dive right into it. What got you into the space? Of yeah, so it was a little bit, as I said earlier, I did not know what having money meant. What I know, what I knew was I needed to go to work, make money try to make more money by growing within the company that I work for. And then go, when I got paid, spent money by way of paying bills or not in some situations, buying things, going out to eat, going to the mall, had a car, had nice things, but I didn't own anything. I didn't have money in the bank. So if my employer missed one direct deposit, I like things would crumble. So one day I said, I needed to do things differently. So I started becoming a student of personal finance. And I was, I studied those that were in the space before me. And I learned various different strategies that I executed on my own. Now, did I do it perfectly when I started off? Absolutely not. I messed up. I'm like, I don't want to do it this way. I don't want to budget. I don't even like that word. Some of the same things that we hear today, but I knew I wanted things different. So then I started to really take action and execute upon what I what I learned. And then once I got it right, it was empowering, right? So I wanted to teach everybody. And you mentioned earlier about youth and youth being important. When I started out now several years ago, it was the youth that I wanted to teach because had I known what I know now, when I am the age, when I was the age of the people that I teach, Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. So it was my goal. So that that's exactly what I did. And then some of their parents became my clients because they, their parents right now was like I was before where they didn't know certain things about money. So when their kids would come to a workshop that I've hold or somebody that I've hired me for, they would go home with my book or with um, tips that I've taught. And the parents couldn't have the conversation at home. So they were like, okay, you know, uh, whomever came home and was talking about budgeting and credit, can you teach me how to do this so that I can have this conversation at the table? So, you know, that's how it, it rolled up into working with youth and then working with, I'll call it more mature people. So that, that's how that worked out. And it's worked out really well for me. Uh, man, as you're, as you're talking, I'm, I'm jotting down so much. And the first thing I want to talk about is, you know, what you're doing in the youth community, but also within the black community as well. Yes. Um, wh where is, why is there such a gap in the financial literacy space with, with 
the youth community, especially with the youth black community and the black community in general? Yeah, in my opinion, it starts with the um, information at home, like I was, because I was a parent that didn't know it, so I couldn't teach my daughter it, right? And then she's a Black girl, um, so therefore, we're, well, she happened to be at a school that was educated that had a bit more um, because of where she went to school, but in the communities, it's not being taught in school. So if schools have your children from like 8 a.m. to 2 p.m., which is a good part of the day, and they're not getting that vital lesson there and then you go home to parents that also what they understand about money is making it to keep a roof over your head food on your clothes on your back food in your mouth they're not teaching you about the fundamentals because that's may not be what they're doing so that's where i believe the disconnect in uh, a good portion of the 24 hours of the day is being taught being in a building that's not teaching it to you and then it's it, it it's not being reinforced at home so that is actually that problem is what i call it i my program, my book became the solution. So this is a person that's eager to teach it. I want to teach it to young people. So that's why schools opened their doors to me. Schools, like they were buying my books in bulk um, because it became the resource that they use as the leave behind after I left. So that, that, that unfortunate problem became, um, it's my money became that solution. Following that point, what are some fundamentals of money management? Yeah. So it's one maintaining and creating and maintaining a budget. So all, people don't like the word budget. I chuckle every time I hear that because the, 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 this, the, um, you know, the distaste of the word sometimes causes people not to use it. So I often say people, if you don't like the word budget, call it money meeting, call it spending plan, call it whatever you want. Just do the task of sitting down with your money, your income, writing down your expenses and making sure your expenses do not exceed your income and then become um, intimate with your money so that therefore that you want to hold on to it. You want to make it work for you. You want to grow it, right? So the budgeting or the money management or the spending plan is the first fundamental, I would say. So ensuring that you know how much is coming in. And when you think about income, you can't round up right? Because I have a lot of clients that used to do that. You have to actually put the actual number of what you get in and then what you have to pay out also shouldn't be rounded. It should be what you actually pay out. So you know the actual dollars and cents that you're working with. So that's one. The second thing I would say, I, this, I, I didn't coin this, but I use it very often. And that is pay yourself first. You need to save because when life happens, broken down car, even if you have insurance, you have a deductible, flat tire, um, water heater, whatever it is, you have to pay for it. So you have to put some aside, i.e. savings, every from every income. I suggest people that work for employers to automate that, have it directly go into a savings account. And then you can start off little and grow. Don't start off high and then reduce. Start off little, have it automated going into that savings account a high interest savings account. And so then when life happens, you're not overwhelmed. You can just take care of it because you have that, that freedom fund, that emergency fund, whatever you want to call it, where there's dollars that will not disrupt your budget to take care of that emergency. So those are the first two, budgeting and increasing your savings by way of automation that are two direct things that you need to at least start with. And then you go on to the others. Following that, how, how do we get in debt in the first place? How do, we, how do we get to a point where, you know, we're $40,000 behind or you're 60,000? How do people get in this position? 
Yeah, I say lack of education is one. Um, and I'm going to take student loans out of this for a second. Um, and again, just taken from my story, it's wanting to have nice things. It's wanting to um, live like the Joneses, as one would say. It's wanting to um, um, have the feeling of I'm able to get and I don't have to worry about paying back because I already got what I have. So it's like if I went to the mall, they let me get a credit card, forget the interest rate. Like I'm not concerned with that at that moment. It's just I want to get that sweater and this this transaction is allowing me to get it. And then I'm wearing the sweater. So who cares about the payment? You know what I mean? So when people start to understand, which is why I do what I do, because I didn't understand it. It was like, do I really need to get that sweater now? Like have an appreciation for delayed gratification. Let me get that sweater when I can really afford to get that sweater. Not when I'm getting it now with no money, but then I'm paying 29% interest because that, with that, that's what that retail store is charging me over the price of the sweater because I'm not paying it off right away. So it's, it's a lot of that. So that's why I delve into, um, you know, delayed gratification. I del delve into, because I'm not one to say don't use credit. I'm like, use it responsibly, use it to your advantage. So we have to talk through that and budgeting and saving helps you under connect it to the credit and credit responsibly. Because if you have it in your budget, even if you want to use credit, a credit card, you have enough to pay it off in its entirety when it comes time to. So that's why the three of those things hang together. Mm. So talk to us about credit because credit is a hot one. Credit is a hot one. You know, you could go on and on about credit for hours. Yes. As on why credit is so important and so valuable for people to know more about personal credit, one, and business credit. Yeah. So credit gives you options, right? You, uh, when you have a credit score now, a lot of people want to get to 850, which is great. But once you get to 760, 760 to 850, you kind of get the same things that happen. But 850, if that's what you want to strive for, great. Credit, I, I, I like to just sum it up in the in, in a couple, a few words. It gives you options. It allows you to walk in to purchase a car with not paying much more over the price of the car. It, um, it gives you um, the ability to take care of things that you may not be able to take care of otherwise. It gives you rewards. It, it get, There's gains in using it responsibly. And that's why you have to use it to your advantage. You have to understand um, the cards that you have and how they can help you towards whatever goals that you have. And that's both in personal and business. So it's about, um, it's about paying it off. It's about knowing when to pay, which is, uh, you know, I can't drop all the gyms here. You have to check me out. So it's about when to pay, right? So you, there's a, a statement date and there's a due date. You have to understand all of that. And I would encourage, the other thing I encourage about credit is don't don't get so many cards that you're overwhelmed. Um, I know a lot of people that have many different cards for different reasons, and that's fine if you are if you are able to manage them all. So from a personal and business, I, and I, I don't want to quickly tie those in because those are a little bit different. From a personal perspective, it gives you options. From a business perspective, it also gives you options. But business and personal do not, if you leave with anything from this segment, do not mix your personal funds and your business funds together. That's what I want to say. If you are established structurally with the business, with the business bank account, and you have business credit, that's a wonderful thing. Um, oftentimes, people use their personal stuff for business and vice versa. I just encourage you, do not, disc, do not 
um, put the two together because um, your business should stand on its own and your personal assets, things that you gain should not be um, jeopardized um, with things that go on within the business. People can see you within your business. Um, you know, you may run out of money and uh, you may need to use personal money, but you need to take money out of your personal account and put it into your business account if that's what you want to do. But do not mix the two. Do not um, uh, um, co-reside, let the money co-reside, if you will. Um, so you want to make sure that you do that. Um, hopefully that answers your question regarding credit. I know I, I don't like to put the two together, but um, I tried to see how they should be disconnected, but can you be used the same? No, no, you make a great point. What are some financial, for you, like what are some uh, financial lessons that you've learned, you know, prior, prior to you getting to this point? What have you learned along the way that said, I, this is it for me to get it together? Yeah. Um, so one, the, the mindset, the mindset shift is very important. So shifting your mindset as to this is what you want to do. Um, the other thing that, um, that I still, I still continue to learn because I'm also a forever student is, um, finding ways to make money passively. Like I always thought I needed to go work. I need to work longer hours. I needed to, like, I, I, um, I am salaried, so I don't get more for working more, but I got to get the next job. I got to work somewhere else to make more money. It wasn't, I didn't completely understand passive income as I was getting, getting my stuff together. It was, I worked, I worked, I made my money and I made a lot of money. I still do. And I need to, um, uh, make sure that I'm saving it and doing good things with it and investing and things like that. But it was like, I can sleep and earn money. Like I didn't completely understand that. So passive income was the aha, like, oh my, I want to learn all the ways <laughs> that I can make money passively. And passive income is where you put some effort and some money up front, potentially, and then once it's done or whatever that activity is, and let's just call it a book. So I put money into my book. I had an editor. I had a person who did the cover. So a few dollars went into that, had it up and running. Now I, I, every month I make money from that book. I'm not doing something actively for that book. That's an example. Uh, investing. So you invest in individual stocks and those stocks, uh, have some of them have dividends. So you wake up and you may say, here, you've earned these dividends from these stocks that you have. So those are form affiliate income. That's another hot one right now. So selling others products and services um, just by sheer factor of, you know, putting that on your social media or um, in your blog, if you're a blogger, talk about it on your podcast, you may earn money from that every time somebody uses that link. So, um, you know, those are ways that I earn additional money monthly that I don't do much of anything to do. Sometimes I get, um, you know, a, a deposit into my account and I'm like, where did this come from? And I'm like, oh, that was an affiliate that I talked about five months ago and somebody finally took the action. So yeah, those are things that I learned along the way. And I'm actually continuing to grow my affiliate, um, my affiliate relationships, which gives me more opportunities to earn money passively. So quick hitter question, cash yes. or credit? Oh, um, if you are, uh, have mastered managing your money, credit all day, all day. I, I purchase everything on my credit cards, everything. 
I only, the only thing I use what I, my debit card, um, which I, I, so let me step back. I don't use cash at all unless something requires cash only. Um, debit card I used to use often until I learned the power of credit. I only use my debit card, the number of transactions the bank tells me to. I think mine is four. So four times I may do something with that, but everything is credit. Every, 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 everything. But I also am a master of managing my money, right? So I pay my credit cards completely off. So I'm, I'm, I'm using my credit card for what I'm able to pay off in its entirety. So I do that by way of budgeting. So it ties back to what I said. I know exactly how much I'm sending on groceries, how much for gas, how much for washing my car, whatever it is that I'm using my credit card for. I know that I'm going to have enough to pay it. So when I get that bill, I'm paying, you know, I can pay the entire amount off, but I, I use credit card for everything. But let me again say, that comes with mastering the fundamentals that I told you about earlier allows you to do that from a credit perspective. So I'm pretty sure, you know, with this previous pandemic, right. You know, we're still going through it, right. Mm -hmm. A lot of people lost jobs, uh, careers, opportunities, and financially, you know, they hit a point. What, what is it like, you know, of course, you know, you're professional in this industry, like, what's it like for you? I'm pretty sure you're hearing a lot of different stories. Everyone has a different background story, but what are some common uh, challenges that, that, that you're seeing? Is it really identical with, you know, the type of clients or prospects you're working with? Yeah, so it, I would say it's different for entrepreneurs than it than it is for um, individuals that um, are, are not entrepreneurs. So my clients that or people that within my take my class or within my group, they are um, fearful. Like some of them lost their job. Some of them are back working and they're fearful that they may lose it again. They're fearful of I, if whatever happened to Sally or Sue will happen to me, I don't know what I will do. So I have a lot of people that are um, just holding on. They hurting. They don't, they don't want to do anything with their money. I'm not even their bill. Forget uh, extracurricular stuff. They don't even want to pay bills. They just want to hold money um, because if something like that happens, they don't know what they will do. So uh, for me, it's about you need to have some level of anxiety, but you also need to do something about that. So for those folks, I'm showing them, one, you need to put some money aside. Again, it doesn't have to be a lot, but it needs to be consistent and automated if you can, and find ways to earn additional money. Because if that does get taken away from you, you have to have something else coming in because you're, if you don't have a fund already established, that's going to be depleted very quickly. So it's about teaching them how to make additional money by monetizing their own skills. So that's where, where I go with that one. From an entrepreneurial standpoint, standpoint, those that are, you know, that may be struggling or, or have some anxiety about their business doors closing, and that could be virtual doors closing, it's sharing information with them about the grants that are available. There's so many grants that are available. And when I say grants, I'm not talking loans where you have to pay back. I'm talking grants where if you meet the eligibility, people give you money so that you can sustain. So it may be because you're black, because you're a woman, because you're a male, because you have a restaurant, because whatever, whatever it is, if you meet the eligibility of that grant, you have an opportunity to get money for your business. Now, the grant money that you won't get for sure is the grant money you don't apply for. So I'm not going to say you're going to get every grant that you meet the eligibility for, but you're certainly not going to get any of it if you don't apply. I've applied for several grants since the pandemic. I have not gotten all the ones that I've applied for, but I have gotten some. 
So I couldn't have gotten those that I that I did get had I not applied for them. So um, I regularly provide information on grants because of the network that I have. I get grant information often and I share that with my community. So let's let's talk about um, I have a great question for you about just the information era. Right. Um, what we didn't talk, we didn't really touch on in, in this interview so far is like how we met. Right. We met on Clubhouse. Yes. And as you know, on Clubhouse, it's just a lot of information. <laughs> this information of just so much resources and it could overload and people just don't do nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. They, they know what to do and they just don't do anything. What, what do you say to you know, people like that that know what to do, but they're just not taking the action? Yeah, I mean, all we can do is try to empower them to execute, execute, execute. It is, you know, we, we both talk about us being students of whatever we're students of. And it's one thing to go clubhouse conferences virtually or in person, et cetera, and take all the notes, take all this information, listen to all of these wonderful people. But if you don't execute on anything, you literally just wasted your time, right? So I always like, even when I'm in conferences, and you, you've heard me say it a couple of times here, you oftentimes you're getting a bunch of information, like even within a half hour time frame. at least execute on one, like walk away with one thing that you're not doing today that you can execute upon. I'd rather you try to do that one or two um, and then see success in that to know that you've taken your half hour, your 45 minutes or whatever, and you've actually implemented something that t- took you to a better place. So take all the information. So if you have time, you go back and refer to the notes, because if you are in a room virtually or in person with somebody that knows something you don't know, and you take a bunch of notes, you don't want to discard the notes, but at least say to yourself, give yourself a date that you're going to do whatever that thing that you think will, it can be implemented in your life that can make a change in what you have going on. So the, I just want to touch on the other thing relative to Clubhouse, not just Clubhouse, just information. You a lot of people can give information, right? You also have to um, understand if the information is accurate, right? So that's why we always say, right? Um, are you Googleable? Like, I don't know if that's a word, but we say that all the time. If you can Google, most times people that um, are doing their thing in a space, they are Googleable. So Google people and see if you can get information, do your own research, right? And, you know, if you're working, paying somebody professionally, then you hopefully you've done your research to do that. But if you're taking free information, then you want to do a little bit more research to ensure that that information that you're getting is, um, you know, is, is accurate and can be of value to you. So paid resources is a little bit different because I'm sure when you pay somebody to do something, just like a mechanic or whatever you get for your car, you're going to, you're either going to get it by way of referral, or you've checked this person out, or if they worked on somebody else's car before, then you're going to go ahead to that person. So if you're paying somebody, you know, that's different, but free information, just, just ensure that whoever's delivering that information, that they have some receipts to support that. So right before, you know, uh, we started recording, uh, you know, I was telling you, I was in uh, New York Times Square last night. And I, me and my cousin, you know, we went to start, we went to Starbucks and he purchased coffee. It was $6 and he was showing me, he was like, Hey, if I use this card, I get 56 cents of Bitcoin. So he showed me that I I was blown away. And I'm like, wait, this is where we're at now (laughs) in in terms of just just money, Mm. cryptocurrency, you're getting 56 cents worth of cryptocurrency because you spent $6 at Starbucks. 
I want to know, like, what are your thoughts on like where the future of money is going for the next 20, 50 years from now? Oh, so I, I am going to say I don't touch on the Bitcoin thing. I can say my I can give you my personal bias on it, but I, I prefer not because this is about people learning through this. What I will say is the future of money is if you think about just think about Cash App as an example. Some people uh, get money, Cash App, send money, Cash App, that person sends it to the next person. Nobody ever touches the cash. Right. So if you think about just that concept for just a half a second, just think about that. Then secondly, go to people are getting paid. Their money is going to their account. Their card for their account is on their phone and they're tapping it when they go to the store. So they're never touching it. So I feel like it's going to be like everything is going to be electronic at one point in time. Um, so that's how I feel about the future of money. The, the value of it, we see it. We have seen it go down. Will that change? Uh, possibly. Uh, so that's why it's, I, I feel like it's all about how can I monetize what I know, what I, what I know how to do, what I'm skilled at so that I can make more and I can make more on doing something that I love so that I have more and more options and opportunities for whatever it come about. That's how I would talk to that. Like I am not a Bitcoin expert. Um, so if I share anything, it'll be um, personally versus, um, you know, because I know that to be factual. So if you're, if you're okay with that, I prefer to reserve um, responding to that. No, I appreciate, you know, one thing I love is a hundred percent honesty. I love that. I want to know what are your thoughts on, you know, you know, you're working with the youth. I know you're seeing a lot of genius in the youth. What, what are your thoughts on, you know, working with the youth right now? Oh man, you know, I was in my business after my first year, I had a lot of youth working for me as it paid interns because they are what the one, the way they consume information and, and, and quickly um, uh, disseminate it is amazing to me. Like literally how many different things they can do at one time. So I feel like, you know, they're what, how they can contribute to what, at least in my business, what I'm trying to do is powerful. They know people, they can get information out quicker. They can, um, they like all these apps and things that come out. I'm a lot older. So they're able to, you know, make things flow for me uh, very quickly. Um, they are, I, I'm just, I just love the youth. I love I, I love youth and I love helping people that want to be helped. So when they want to learn about how to do money, when they want to learn how to become entrepreneurs, when they want to learn how to increase um, what they're doing within, even if they're working for an employer, like I'm all for that. Like, however, my, um, I don't want to say my age, but I've been around a long time. However, my story can contribute to their growth. I'm all for that. Let's sit down for a virtual coffee. Let's do whatever. I love, I, I, I can't even tell you how much I enjoy enjoy when I have worked with some, a, a young person and I see them prosper. Um, it, it's amazing to me. So I work with them often right now. I actually signed on for a school in New York, actually, um, to work with them for a month, teaching them through personal finances. About, it's an entrepreneurship program. So one person is doing one component. I'm doing another component, um, rely, uh, touching personal finance. So it is just any opportunity I get. So anybody listening, any opportunity I get to work with young people, to share with them about money, share with them about the entrepreneurship journey, any way that I can help them in what I've been able to acquire and expertise, I am all for it. Mm. Oof, you mean 
you are hitting them. You are hitting them on all cylinders today. I want to know, uh, this is a really good one. This is probably one of my favorite questions of all time. In your own words, uh, you know, the black woman's voice, right? What, mm-hmm. The importance of the black woman's voice. This is another reason why I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. Can you share on that? You know, you're also a best-selling author. Can you yes. talk about the power of sharing your story and why people need to listen more to the black woman's voice? Oh, man, that, that you don't even understand how powerful of a question that is. The black woman's voice, power, I would say that, power. Um, and what I love most about the last couple years or last 17 months plus, it is elevated. The black woman voice has been elevated and there should, at every table, there should be a black woman's voice. That's how I feel. If not, the whole table should have black women. That's how I feel. But anyway, um, it's powerful. Uh, you cannot, you cannot replicate, replicate, replicate a black woman's experience and whatever that may be from a parent to a wife, to a a homeowner, to a entrepreneur, to even an employee, the way that we experience and embody and then give back is like no other. So that's all I have to say. That's a deep question right there. It's deep. Um, You know, I'm I'm just going to get a little bit off the financial topic. It's Black women. So Black people, that that is one area, but I'm going to stay with the Black women. Black women have endured like no other. Black women have, has prospered like no other. Black women are the backbones of so, so much family, relationships, churches, um, employers, um, men, just so much. And what, what, as a black woman, knowing how as a black person, and then more importantly, a black woman, how even myself in all that I know in the leader that I am before the last 17 months, I, I, I didn't let my voice shine. Like I do now. I thought I need to acclimate in situations that I was in, in rooms that I was in. Now I shine as the black woman that I am, that I was, but I didn't truly appreciate it. So when you interact with me now, you're getting the full black woman, the who I am, who I always have been, but didn't appreciate, I didn't appreciate it. So therefore I couldn't give it to you fully. Now I'm me everywhere I go fully. And I find that my appreciation for who I am have people appreciate me in a much different way. So black women, powerful. And then when we begin to appreciate ourselves, it leaves me speechless. It leaves me speechless. That was actually the question I was telling you about. Oh, I'm going to save that one for later. Because that was, I wanted that response. I, I felt that. Everyone that was just that just heard that felt that. 
Oh, that was oh, I just need to pause for a second. Because I know I'm actually getting a little filled up. I know I saw. I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is so good right now. This is so yeah. because it's it's so real. It's 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 true. It's yeah, oh, man. And I'm and I'm so glad that, that you mentioned it, but to to see what you're doing, how you're doing it in the space, elevating your voice, getting your story out there, being uh that difference maker, it's powerful. Uh, mm-hmm. you're really an inspiration. Thank so, you. So what do you see, like, where do you see yourself um, in the next, you know, few years going long-term with this? Because a lot, a lot has changed, right? Mm-hmm. Around the world, how we do business has changed as well. What, what, what do you see for yourself in the next, uh, say, five to 10 years from now? Oh, that's a great question. Like, so I, I have um, began to evaluate this um, since January, actually, and still going through it. And I'm in fourth quarter with what it actually is going to be because I actually thrive being in a room. I love when clients bring me in and I have a room full of people that I'm pouring into, either sharing by way of workshop, how to one, two, three, ABC, their finances, or just speaking to them. And um, with what's going on in the world, that has changed. Like a lot of it is like you and I are talking today. And um, I'm trying to figure that all out. At one point in time, if you asked me this question uh, 17 months ago, I would have said, I want, it's my money centers across the world. I want you to be able to walk into an It's My Money Center and work with somebody one-on-one to be coached. I wanted you to be able to, I host my own, we host our own workshops within our own facility of teaching people how to manage your money. Um, But is that still the five-year plan? I'm working through that. What I can tell you is I want to have It's My Money financial facilitators in every geography there is. I want Um, to be able to be called upon. And if I am doing something in um, California, somebody else is doing something in Atlanta, somebody else is doing something in Pennsylvania, all at one time, all under the It's My Money brand. So however we need to deliver the content, I want it to be delivered when the client needs it and the topic that they need us to do it on. So that, that definitely is it. Now, how we do that, is it virtually is it a center that that's what is to be determined, but I'm trying, you know, I'm, I'm working that out that I need to be able to, whatever I decide upon, it needs to be able to withstand if virtually only it will be what we are, what we have for, for the rest of the days. You know what I mean? So working through that, um, I definitely, definitely, um, am trying to move into what I would call only the CEO. Like today I am the CEO, a founder and CEO of my trademark brand, which is ownership again, right? And, um, but I also facilitate workshops. So I have other facilitators, but I want to have them always facilitating and me always coming here, me always bringing awareness and, and, and finding other clients for us and then having our team do that. So the more people that I get on the team, I'm able to do more of that. So that definitely is happening regardless of if we're going to have centers in person or just be online. But so that's the future, being able to uh, deliver to the population that's um, underserved. Like that's also my desire to make sure that um, I was once the underserved uneducated financially. Um, and I want to make sure that people that want the information and want to do differently, that they are served with the information. Now, if they use it and execute, that's different, but at least I'm giving them the information that they wouldn't get otherwise in their communities. So that, that's my, that's my goal. We touched on a lot of talking points during this interview. What would you say is the biggest takeaway you want people to take away from listening to this interview? Execute, execute. 
this, the, I, you know, we have both uh, your questions coupled with what I've shared have given you, um, you know, a quick, quick roadmap. Take an item and walk away and execute. Do yourself a favor and execute. So if I were to say of all the things I gave, which one that you can turn on right now is automate your savings. If you have an employer that's paying you, they usually allow you to direct deposit into more than one account. Direct deposits a portion. You decide that portion, just whatever it is, have it directly deposited into a savings account. So establish that savings account that's um, you may already have one. And if you do, that's great. If not, open that savings account, have that money directly go there. So it's automated and you're forgetting about it and it's growing for you. So when you need it um, and life happens, you have something to take care of it. Ooh, shout, definitely shout yourself out. Uh, where can we you know, follow you, stay up to date, connect with you, join your workshops yes. um, and, and get your courses? Uh, shout everything out, please. Sure, absolutely. So again, thank you for having me on. My name is Petrina Dixon. Um, my website is itsmymoneyjournal.info. Um, if you go there, you'll find all of my information. But my ask of you is please do two things for me. Follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is itsmymoney underscore. And then go and subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is It's My Money with Petrina Dixon. Those are two free things you can do, which will bring you free financial information. My course is called the it's my money master's course. And um, you can check that out as well. And if you need resources for your kids, so I have two books here. Um, it's my money volume one, ages 13 to 18. It's my money volume two, ages 19 to 25. Let's make sure that our youth are set up, um, set up with the right financial foundation so that they will grow up to be financially astute. Thank you. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, I am so this was one of those interviews where I, I just couldn't stop taking notes because you are just one of those people I would consider a walking library of information. You are uh, just a natural treasure. I wanted to ask you this one question too. I know we met on Clubhouse, but I know if you're in these other rooms, I could, I could hear more of you and I could get more of you. Are, do you are, can people find you on Clubhouse too? No, so I, I am on Clubhouse as a person that's there, but I don't have a club. Um, people have asked me to do the it's an it's my money club. The only reason why I have not done that because I, I can't consistently be there. So I just show up and go on stages like the one you and I met on. Um, and right now, like that, that's another tip, right? Especially as an entrepreneur, don't take on more than you can handle. And I don't want you to expect me every Tuesday and I can't be there every Tuesday. So I, I definitely, when I'm on, I get on the stage and whatever room I'm in, you'll know I'm there, <laughs> but no, but I, I, you know, people, moderators often ask me to come co-mod, you know, so when I do that, I put that on my calendar. So I for sure will be there, but right now I just can't, can't take on consistency within a room, within clubhouse. So, but I love the platform. I absolutely, like, I wouldn't have known you without it. Right. So yeah, <laughs> that new, that opportunity me, that I told yeah. you about, um, at the high school in um, New York, I met that coordinator through clubhouse. Same room, actually. So yeah, I definitely love Clubhouse. I love going. I, the rooms I go in, I love the opportunity to share what I'm doing and offer back for those that you know are you know putting their ask out there. And if I know of somebody or if it fits me to be able to do that, so definitely love the platform. I just from a consistency of my own room, I just I just don't have the capacity for it right now. You, you see, y'all. I try. I try to get y'all more audio. Her dropping the gems. I see. I try. <laughs> <laughs> I try to sneak that in there for y'all. I try to sneak that in. <laughs> but uh, this was so good. Uh, this was so Thank good. Um, 
I'm again, I'm so glad we had the opportunity to cross paths. Uh, again, for everyone listening to this episode of the St. Clair Speaks Your Podcast, don't forget you could watch this full interview from start to finish on YouTube. Stream this interview on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Radio Public, Breaker, Audible, Pandora, and iHeartRadio. Like mm. I always say, guys, it's that time. But what good is information if you don't apply it? Like Katrina said, execute, execute, execute. I'll see you guys in the next one. I'm out. Peace.